We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday, it's August 24th, it's 2020, and I'm here with my buddy Genie for 07 to break down the seven-game MLB slate. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm doing just absolutely fine and dandy. Nice little weekend. Took it off of working, but ready to go right back into things. It's a fun little seven-game slate today. Yeah, I can't say the same. It was a super busy weekend for me. I think it was the... Uh, Craziest NASCAR schedule we've ever had uh, with five races in three days. So I'm ready to uh, grind some baseball, um, get ready for Daytona this weekend and NASCAR and, um, you know, just, you know, have a Sunday off. I, next Sunday when we're recording, I like it to be a day that I've had off. So I'm a um, little bit more excited about that. But seven games and uh, ready to kind of get back in the mix here. We're going to get started with the Cubs and the Tigers. Alec Mills against Casey Miz. Um, any interest here in Mills? Strangely enough, I have a ton of interest in Mills. Um, do you think he's going to be chalky at all? Like, I'm trying to yes. gather. Cause, really? I, I mean, think I he'll, get... like, he'll have ownership, right? Because, you know, he's facing Detroit and – like, he's not uberly expensive at 7800 Yeah, he's facing Detroit. He's not that expensive, but he's just had two real bad outings in a row. And one was, like, we played against Milwaukee, looking into his numbers, looking into everything. Only had two fly balls the entire game. He just got Babbitt in the wrong scenarios and then gave up one bomb. Um, like, he absolutely got crushed by St. Louis. He played terrible that game. But he should be up around 90-some-odd pitches in this game if they let him go long enough. He's going up against Detroit. He's been a little bit wild so far this year, um, but nothing terrible. He's just hitting an 8.7 walk rate, but this Detroit lineup's just absolutely terrible. They're free swing. He's predominantly a ground ball pitcher, and he should be able to 
induce ground balls here and probably isn't going to give a home run. So the only way he really ends up getting beat up here is by Babbitt. And with the high strikeout rates of Detroit, he should absolutely crush here. He's one of my favorite pitchers on the slate. Might have to rethink it if he is going to be chalky. I'll check on ownership tomorrow. But as of right now, I think just because of his last bad start, I don't think too many people are going to be on him, especially considering the slate and how many aces we have. We have like four or five guys, um, five, six, seven guys um, on a seven-game slate. So there's a ton of options. So maybe because of the fact that there's a ton of options, like he doesn't get a ton of ownership. But I would think a guy at 7,800, especially a right-handed pitcher that has shown some upside, um, is going to be popular against Detroit. But like I said, I could be wrong. So we'll just have to see. You know, you kind of talked about all the good things for him here, like – his Woba overall still very good. His strikeout rate's down a little bit this season from last season, but Detroit can help anybody with that. You know, this team, the projected lineup has a 30.4% K rate against Ryan and pitching this season. So um, on the other side, Miz, you know, coming on to his second start here. Um, Gray, he showed a little bit of a flash, a little bit of strikeout uh, potential in his first start against the White Sox. Um, Tougher matchup here against the Cubs. They do, like, have, you know, five guys with strikeout rates over 30% this season. And um, Bryant out. So, like, do you have any interest in him here? I don't. I, I, I expect him to probably be a chalkier play than uh, Mills. But I could be wrong here. This again, the night before, and I don't know exactly how people are going to react. But it's simply his price tag that is the reason why I have a little bit of interest in him. He's sitting there at 6.2K over on DK. And we look at the rest of the guys around – like around the same price tag and there's just nothing good around that price tag. So because of that, I don't really want to use him. And if he's going to be chalky, I'll probably try and find some ways around it. But the reason why he was so good in his last matchup, he was going up against the White Sox, tons of K's in that lineup. They held him to what? I think 73 pitches. So he'll probably be well, he up got to 80 in trouble. Like he got, I mean, he gave up like three hits in a row and they yanked him. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, but they were just like they were letting him roll that deep just because um, he was striking out everyone. Like he was pl- he was pitching really well because it was the White Sox up until then. So I don't know what his pitch count is going to be. I would guess around 80, 85, um, which at six point two K with his like his minor league strikeout numbers. He was only around a what twenty three percent K rate in the minors, and he went straight from Double A up to the majors. So I don't expect him to be that great of a. Uh, strikeout pitcher in the majors. And I don't think he's going to be that great of a pitcher right away. He just happened to have one start where both pitchers were just striking out everyone. So I don't mind him. Um, I'm not a huge fan of him. Like the matchup's all right. But like if he's going to be uber chalky, like I think he's going to be, I'm going to try and get up to Mills. But if he's not going to be that chalky, then I'll definitely have some of him in my life strictly because of his price tag. Yeah, I don't hate him. Like, you look at this lineup and, you know, Baez, Schwarber, Contreras, Kipnis, Bodie, like, they're all over 30% K rates against random pitching this season. So, there's a lot of Ks, you know, everywhere throughout this lineup. Even, like, Happen and Rizzo up at the top, 20 and 21.5%. So, like, there's strikeouts here. I think he's in play, but definitely going to be looking at his ownership because – and it also is going to depend on, like, what type of value we have as far as hitters go, um, you know – we'll see that as lineups come out. Cause there's, there's a bunch of good pitchers on the slate and you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, any interest in the Cubs bats here? Again, this is one that's entirely dependent on ownership. If Mays is going to be that chalky, then I have 
a ton of interest in Chicago. Like I said, I don't think he's that great of an MLB, MLB pitcher yet. Like, he went straight from double A to here. Like, he just had a good matchup. He showed some decent stuff there. But he's not going to be a guy that's just going to go out and destroy. Like, the Chicago Bats, some of them haven't been great so far this year. But there definitely is some power in this lineup here. Hap, Rizzo, Baez, Schwarber, Contreras, like, but all the way up and down the lineup, there is some power. Yes, there's some strikeouts. Like I said, he's probably going to be a league average strikeout pitcher for the rest of the season, would be my guess. So, if he's going to be chalky, I'm absolutely stacking up the Cubs all over the place. And if he's not going to be, then I'm probably going to have a decent amount of him. And you just look at Hap is the one that mainly stands off the page, especially if he's going to be batting lead up. 3.9K is way too cheap for him. I really have a lot of interest in him. And guys like Carantini and Hayward sitting at 2.7, 2.8K, like depending on where ownership lands, he this could be my most on stack. Yeah, I um I like Hap as well. When Schwarber's not when Schwarber and Contreras are not striking out, they're hitting the ball really hard. Um, but they're striking out at such a high clip that it's hard to like them. Like Baez is having a rough season, um, one oh four ISO in the season. So if I'm playing the Cubs, it's strictly because Miz is popular. Um and then on Detroit, like even if Mills is popular, I just don't see Detroit beating me. And I'm gonna say this a lot, like you know, there's cheap bats here at the top of the order. If you want to play these guys as one-offs, um, when you need some salary at positions you don't love, I don't hate it. But overall, like, I just don't have a ton of interest in Detroit. Yeah, no, no one's been playing well this season. No one's that great like Scope and Cabrera are probably the two that stand out the most, but I don't really want to play them. Cabrera would just be, just be simply because he's so cheap. I'm going up against Mills. I want to look for high fly ball rate guys and there's just not many in this lineup like they may get contact on the ball they may get a double or two but more than likely this is not going to be a lineup that does anything here i will likely have zero ownership in any of them twins and indians kenta maeda against aaron seville um you know maeda looked great in his last start had a no-no going to the uh, ninth inning and gave up a hit in the eighth or in the ninth um against the Brewers and just absolutely dominated, um, you know, really like four good starts out of five appearances this season. 3.1 X FIP on the season. Um, any interest here in Kenta Maeda? Not really. Like, I, I think there's two guys up at the top that I'm going to go with, and neither of them are actually in this game. I'm not going to argue with playing Maeda. Um, obviously, he's been fantastic this season. Ground balls to both sides of the plate. Definitely more upside going against righties than lefties. And the problem is there's Hernandez, Ramirez, Lindor, Santana, um, and anyone else they end up throwing in their lineup that's a lefty in there. And definitely the top four bets. So really limits the strikeout upside. I don't think I'm going to end up going with him. I know that Cleveland has not been hitting the ball well this season, especially going up against righties. But still, like, not a spot. There's just other guys I'd rather go with. So I'm not going to talk you off playing Maeda, but I'm not using him. Yeah, like, I don't hate him. Um you know, Cleveland Indians, they they have really struggled um, offensively to start the season. Um, so, I, I think he's in play. They're bottom 10 in a lot of offensive categories this season. So, Woba, WRC+, Plus, um, hard hit rate, ISO, uh, they're bottom 10 in all of those against Ryan pitching. So, Kazemite has been pitching good this season. I think he's definitely in play. Um I'm with you on, like, the top arm is Bauer. We're not going to try to sugarcoat it. Like, he's facing Milwaukee. He's been one of the best pitchers this season. Like, he's the top arm. So, 
if we get enough value, if there's a value stack that we like, maybe we could go like double barrel with Bauer and Maeda. Um, you know, Lance Lynn's in a good spot. Jack Flaherty's in a good spot. Like we have a bunch of arms on the slate. So um, I, I think Kenta Maeda is in the mix. And then like Aaron Seville um, on the other side, like he's pitched really strong uh, to start the season. Like he's someone that we've used quite a bit, used him a lot um, in his uh, complete game against Pittsburgh last time out. But this is a tough offense to face. There's a ton of options in this range. It's just a spot that like we hope he doesn't crush, but we don't use him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's definitely possible they could, but Minnesota, very, very tough lineup to get through. Like I, I'm not going to use him. I mean, I'll, in this price range, I'll just straight up tell you it's Lynn that I'm going with and we'll get to that in the next game. Um, so like, that's, it's not that either of these guys are bad. Like I definitely would be more apt to use my Ada than I would spill. Um, just Minnesota is a tough lineup. There are some big strikeout bats, but most of those bats come with a whole lot of power. His strikeout rate on the season has been decent, but he's going up against a team that I know he doesn't walk a lot of guys, but he's going up against a team that draws a decent amount of walks. So I just don't see a scenario where Savella ends up killing me. It's definitely within the realm of possibilities. Like his top 10% outcome is probably around 28 points. So I, I don't think that I'm going to end up using him at all. And strictly because of the matchup and the other two arms, I would much rather use. But if you want to use him, go ahead. I'm probably going to be more apt to stack against him. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if I'll stack against him. I think like Kepler, Cruz, Rosario, Polanco, like, I think you can make like a, a three-man here maybe, but, like, I don't know if I would, like, full-on stack. He has been a lot worse against lefties. He's given up a ton of fly balls and a ton of hard contact to lefties. So, like, if you want to throw in, like, three lefties from Minnesota, like, there's so many lefties with power here. Like, I'm not going to talk you off of it. Yeah, that's that's kind of the main, uh, main thought process behind it is, like, his WOBA and his ISO have been fantastic going up against lefties this season. But you look at the underlying stats, a 46% fly ball rate and a 55% hard contact rate. Keeping those throughout the course of the season, he's not going to continue to get these same numbers going up against lefties. And you look at his average hit distance for lefties, he's at 206 compared to 134 versus righties. And he actually is doing better versus lefties so far this season. So there's no real rational reason why he should be doing this good. It's mostly luck. And he's going up against Kepler and Rosario, both of which have a 50% plus fly ball rate going up against righties this season. There's six guys in the, or seven guys in the lineup that have huge hard contact rate going up against righties. I don't want to use Cruz that much, but he is Cruz, so I will definitely hit, throw him in there in a stack. But Kepler, Rosario, Cave are three guys that I definitely want to have in my lineup quite a bit, and I don't think they're going to draw that much ownership. So it's it's a spot where they're a little bit too cheap. Kepler's at 4.5K, and he's been one of the best hitters in baseball this season. And Rosario's at 4.3K. Like, Planco and Cruz are both a little bit too expensive, and Planco's not really a guy that, if I remember correctly – it's as well versus righties as he does versus lefties. Um, but like, or no, it's actually the other way around. Planco's fine. He's just he's been struggling this season. Uh, and so now with his high K rate, I don't want to use him, but the lefties in this lineup are absolutely in play and probably a bit too underpriced. The Cleveland side of things. Um, I probably won't end up playing Cleveland here. You know, Reyes maybe because like, he's just a you know big time power guy, but like, 
you look at the numbers, the 2020 numbers for this Cleveland team, and they have really dropped off this year. Yeah, no, Ramirez and Lindor are both guys that end up going on a pretty big heater. Um, they're sitting there 5.4K. Yes, Maeda strikes out lefties at a much, much lower clip, but he's still an extreme ground ball pitcher. has been pretty good against them so far this season. Doesn't give up a ton of hard contact. I don't like the upside for any of these bats. I'm not going to bother using any of them at these price tags because the top five guys in the lineup are all 4.5K and above. So it's just not a spot where stacking is going to end up being worth it. It's not like my eight is going to be the chalkiest pitcher on the slate. So full on fade for the Cleveland bats for me. Oakland at Texas. Jesus Lazardo against Lance Slim. Um, any interest here in Lazardo? I mean, he's fine. He's 7.4K. I drastically prefer Mills. So it's possible that if Mills is going to draw a ton of ownership, I switch over to Lazardo going up against a team that's been striking out a pretty decent clip. They have one of the lowest implied team totals on the board of 3.7 runs. Um, so the guy's got talent. He's been good so far. He's definitely a guy I could see using and pivoting off of Mills too, just because of the price and everything. Um, but, but like disregarding ownership, I am absolutely on Mills over Lazardo, but ownership could sway that. But I would assume that Lazardo is actually going to be higher owned than Mills is going to be. I like Lazardo a lot. Um, I, I think this is a great spot for him. The Texas offense has been very underwhelming this season. So I think it's a really good spot uh, for Lazardo. He pitched well against this team already. Um, I don't know if – I think it was – was that his, like, third or second or third outing? Um, but only got, like, 76 pitches through five innings, through pretty clean game against them already. Um, so – Really like this spot for him. I think this is a great, you know, kind of watch this range type of play to see, like, what ownership looks like uh, for tournaments anyway. And then Lance Lynn on the other side, you know, Lance Lynn's been someone that, like, ever since the beginning of last year, we've been able to play a lot. And this is one of those spots that I think you can really look at Lance Lynn. Um, I know you already kind of said he was your guy. Yeah, no, I absolutely love him at this price tag. Eight point. Uh, 9K here is just too cheap. He's going up against an Oakland team that there's definitely some strikeouts in there. He's way better versus righties than versus lefties. Been a little bit worse versus righties so far this season because he's been a little bit more wild. Um, but he's still a guy with massive K upside versus righties. He's been going 106, 107, 108, 109, 110 pitches almost every single start of this season. So we know we can go later into the games here. Uh, Texas has been a pretty decent pitcher's ballpark so far this season. Um, there's a 4.4 implied run total here for the athletics, which I think is way too high here. Um, so I have like, if I can, any lineup, I can't get up to Bauer, I will go Lynn. Like I, that's why I'm completely skipping over Maeda. That's why I'm completely skipping over Savale. Like I love Lance Lynn here. This is a perfect spot for him and he should absolutely crush and he should go late into the game. Yeah, like I think he's like one of those other arms. Like there's not there's not a, a weak spot for pitching on this slate. Like this is – we I wish we could have like spread this pitching slate out over the next couple of days um, because we just – there's so many arms to choose from. Um, Oakland Bats, I know you like Lynn a lot. Um, man, like I don't even know. Like I guess you could do like a three-man of Olsen, Chapman, and Kana, but like – I'm not going to go out of my way to roster Oakland bats here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. I do like Olsen as a one-off. I know he's expensive, but Lynn obviously quite a bit worse versus lefties than he is versus righties. <laughs> Olsen is a fantastic bat, can absolutely crush the ball. 
Grossman's been pretty decent this year, and he is a lefty, so going with him, I don't hate. It's not the worst idea in the world, but like, I don't really want to play the righties in this lineup going up against Lynn. Yeah, you know, Grossman has been a guy you said, like, pretty – like, he's been crushing the ball. Um, so, he's definitely in play. Comes into this game uh, with a 328 ISO and a 421 Woba on the season. Um, so, don't hate Grossman. Don't hate that call. Um, Texas Bats, it's hard for me to recommend anybody here. You know, Joey Gallo, lefty-lefty. If he hits the ball, it'll go far. But if he doesn't hit it, he's going to strike out easily. Todd Frazier, I guess. Like, I, this is one of the reasons that I like Lazardo on this slate. Yeah, I mean, Lazardo, the pitch, the way he pitches, like, he should be a little bit normal splitsy, but he's a lot closer to splits neutral than people realize. So I don't hate throwing in Gallo there, like, just because he can absolutely bomb the ball, even though, and Lazardo doesn't have the greatest strikeout numbers going up against lefties so far this season. But yeah, definitely not a lineup that I'm really going out of my way to target. Like Frazier, I don't mind at 3.7K. It's not the worst idea in the world, but largely fading the Texas bats in the spot. Moving right along, we got Cincinnati at Milwaukee. Trevor Bauer against Brett Anderson. I, I kind of already spilled the beans. Like, he is the best pitcher on the slate. Um, he's been one of the best pitchers all year, coming in with a 1.84 XFIP with a 43.5% strikeout rate. You know, everything that we want to see out of a pitcher he's shown, and he faces a Milwaukee team that has a 31.5% strikeout rate with the projected lineup against right-handed pitching. Like, it doesn't get much better than facing Milwaukee if you're a top arm like Bauer. Yeah, no, the matchup's great. He hasn't had less than 36 points in a matchup for almost an entire year now. Just fun fact for you there, um, which is four games. But Bauer, like, Pitching out of his mind this season, 43% K rate, 1.84 XFIP on the season, going up against a lineup with a 30% projected K rate versus righties this season. Like, there's not much more than say. He's 10.2K. That's too cheap. He's going over 100 pitches consistently and get up to 110. They'll just let him pitch late into games. He is the top option on this slate by wide margin. I'm pissed off that he's on the slate because I really wanted to use a lot of Lance Lynn, but Bauer is going to – like, I don't know how lineup builds are going to go, but anytime I can get Bauer into the lineup, I will get Bauer into the lineup. Um, Brett Anderson, high ground ball guy, not going to strike people out. Um, you know, does a great job of not getting blown up, but doesn't really put up monster fantasy days. Uh, I'm going to pass on him on this slate. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to. Like, he can put up a 15, 20-point game. If you don't want to, like, if – Mize is going to be chalky. Then if you can't get up to a guy like Lozardo or a guy like Mills, then I don't hate going with Anderson. He's going up against a Cincinnati team that is somewhat average at striking out versus lefties. But it's, it's, just, it's just not really a spot where I want to use him. It's strictly if you can't get up to the other uh, arms on the slate, then you, that's when you throw him in. Um, let's talk bats here for Cincinnati. You know, you look at like Davidson, he's a guy that hits the ball up in the air a lot. I definitely like him in this spot. And, and like, we don't have a ton of offense that we've talked about yet. We know how good Suarez and Castellanos, um, are against left-handed pitching throw Irvin in there and, um, Casale, like you have a five man right here. Um, that's definitely in the mix. 
Yeah, no, I really like this stack here. Castellanos is a fantastic play going up against a lefty. He's absolutely smashed him since the beginning of last year. Anderson is really not a high K rate guy, which is the biggest problem with Davidson. So a lefty with a 13% K rate since the beginning of last season going up against a righty with a ton of power sitting at 3K. I mean, he may be chalky, but I'm going to use a ton of them. Like he just makes things work. It makes it easy to get Bauer into your lineup. So Davidson's one of the top options on the entire slate. Maybe the top option point per dollar on the entire slate. Absolutely love him here. And yeah, throwing in Suarez who mashes and Irvin who mashes there. Like you got a nice little stack there that I really, really like. So the power righty is going up against Anderson's a fantastic play today. Um, On the other side, do you have any interest in the Let's Brewers? Just Let's just skip it. There's Don't use the Brewers bad. Bauer's <laughs> been too good. I mean, Yelich is one off is fine, but there's no other point using anyone in this lineup. Yeah, but like even the problem with like Yelich, you don't get like he's still 5400. You're not getting like a discount for him facing one of the best pitchers in baseball this season. So, like even him as a one-off, like he's gonna need a a big game um, to really pay off. So, uh, Royals and Cardinals, Brad Keller, Jack Flaherty. Um, any interest here in Keller? Nah, Keller. Keller is really uh, not very good. Um, he hasn't been great since the beginning of last season. I know that he's pitched well this season, but he's been wild a little bit. He's been walking guys at a pretty decent clip so far this season. I think he's gotten a little bit lucky. He has a 5.06 XFIP, and he's given up no earned runs. That's not going to continue. Not a guy that I want to use here. Like, yes, anything can happen. This is baseball, and there is a decent amount of strikeouts in this lineup here, but – Keller is not the guy that I want to use. Yeah, um, man, I think he. I think he'll pitch well. I don't think like they'll blow him up. Like he's just zero ISO on the season. Um, that's going to change. I'm not saying that it's going to stay that way. If you look into a lot of like the advanced stacks, uh, stats and stuff for Keller, um, like he has a five X FIP, like five points higher than his ERA. Like it's not going to, this is not going to keep up like what you just said. So, um, I'm going to pass on Keller here. There's so many options that I like more Jack Flaherty on the other side, you know, it'd be interesting to see what like his ownership is compared to some of these other, um, you know, ownerships in this range like we really haven't seen a lot of him we don't know how deep he'll go um kansas city offense is beatable what are your thoughts when it comes to flaherty zero interest in him and it, it's exactly because of that it's because of his pitch count got to 41 in his last outing i don't know how late he's gonna go into the game here he obviously had that big break of three weeks between starts so he's got to get stretched out again i'm not gonna be surprised if he gets up to 70 pitches but on a slate where with lynn maida Savale, like Bauer, up at the top, there's almost zero chance that he's going to end up being the guy that you actually want. Like, he can put up a 20-point outing. Not going to argue that. But that he's actually going to outscore all those guys by, what, more than two points is unlikely. So I have no interest in Flaherty because of his pitch count. It's not a bad matchup. He can obviously do some work against him, but there's no point in using him on this slate. Yeah, like I'm with you. Um, yeah, I brought up the pitch count because, like, that's obviously I feel like the biggest thing. Um, like, I, I'm just not I'm not doing it um, because of that. Like, I'm not going to go out of my way to roster Royals bats, but if like Flaherty only goes like 65, 70 pitches, then like, all right, bullpen. 
I think you can potentially look at like a two or three man stack from Kansas City here. Yeah, Dozier, Solaire, both of them are actually great plays. They're getting pricing because they're going up against Flaherty, who's probably not going to go more than four inches or four innings. So you're probably going to end up with the bullpen for most of the game here. So I, I don't mind either of those guys with the price tag because they can both absolutely crush the ball out of the ballpark. Yes, Flaherty is a lot better versus righties, but then the rest of the game you're going to end up with bullpen arms here. Franco, just because his price tag of 3K, I don't hate it. Like, a few of these guys are too cheap because of the matchup here. Witt, I'm not paying 5.3K for. But Dozier, Solaire, Franco, even Mondesi down there at 2.8K. Like, if you need to save some money because you want to put Bauer and maybe double ace uh, your lineup, a three-man stack with Solaire, Dozier, and somewhere someone else is not the worst idea in the world. And how bad has Mondesi been this season? Like, we were he has not been him. good. <laughs> we were expecting so much more from him. And, um, no, he's not been good at all. Um, if you expect, like, Brad Keller to regress, like, our boy Blender likes to call it a vomit stack. I think St. Louis is an interesting vomit stack on this slate. Um, you know, the Kansas City bullpen, I was looking into, like, their numbers and stuff, and, like, they're not the best bullpen um, in baseball. So, I think, like, if, if Keller – Keller is not going to continue to have a zero ERA. And if you're expecting, like – you know, some type of regression. I think the Cardinals are in play here. They've been terrible to start the season too. Um, Dijon came back, like he got activated on Sunday. So like this lineup is starting to look a little bit more normal. Um, It's ugly to start clicking their buttons, but um, they're cheap. And I just don't believe Keller is this good. Yeah, no, I definitely don't either. O'Neal, not a bad play at all. 3.3K long. If he's in the lineup there, I don't mind using him. DeJong, definitely a bat that you can throw in there. Goldschmidt, a little expensive, but a decent guy to throw into your stack. Carpenter, like, this is not a terrible stack. And You say vomit stack, but they have a 4.7 implied run total. That's fifth on the board. But they're so cheap. Like, that's that's the reason. Like, they're they're really cheap. Like, you can stack this team for pennies. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I think think Detroit's more of a vomit stack or Kansas City, but Cardinals bats, like, they just haven't been good. And if some people, like anyone who looks at Brad Keller's actual numbers this season, game log watches, is going to be completely thrown when St. Louis puts up five runs against him. So I like the stack. I don't love it, but the price tags make me a lot more enticed by it. And O'Neill is just a great one-off because of his power. So I don't mind a stack here, but O'Neill is the main guy that I would use as a one-off. Yeah, like I think, you know, obviously O'Neill, Dijon, Goldie, like all those guys could be used as one-offs. It's just – we haven't talked to a lot of offense. There's been so many good pitching options on the slate. Um, you know, we we have two more games left. So, like, you know, I, I feel like, hey, we're going to have to talk some offense eventually. So, um, you know, I, I think the Cardinals just by default here, um, if they can get to that Royals bullpen in, in the fifth inning, um, you know, that's that's where they could definitely put up a big day. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Hey, it's Stevie TPFL telling you there are 100 million reasons why you should listen up. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is celebrating the return of sports by giving away up to $100 million in prizes to all their customers, including one lucky winner who will take home a $1 million cash prize. To claim your share of up to $100 million in instant giveaways, all you have to do is download the app and sign up using promo code GRIND, then enter... DraftKings free football survivor pool. 
Yes, it is really that easy to claim your share of up to 100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running to win $1 million in cash prize. While the top prize is reserved for one lucky winner, everyone who signs up and enters DraftKings free football survivor pool receive an instant bonus of at least $5 in value upon entering. We encourage you to sign up and see what your instant giveaway amount was and share with your listeners. <laughs> while your app it, while you're in the app, don't forget to check out the great daily fantasy contest DraftKings is hosting this week for basketball and golf action. Um, NASCAR too with with Daytona, like I was just talking about. Uh, download the DraftKings app now and use promo code GRIND to claim your share of $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running for the $1 million cash top prize. That's promo code GRIND to get your share of $100 million in prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I just did it, and um, my giveaway was $3. So there we go. Um, we move on to the Angels and the Astros, Patrick Sandoval, Frambell, Framber, um, Valdez. Any interest here in Sandoval? No, not really. I mean, he's been all right this season, hasn't been anything great, hasn't been anything terrible, but he's going up against Houston. I don't want to use him against Houston. I don't want to use many arms versus Houston. Obviously, it was a bit better last year. Had a higher K rate last year, but Houston is just not a spot that I want to target a pitcher. I know his price tag's fine, but – I'm I'm out on him. I'd rather use color than him. Yeah, I, I think like I think they're the top offense on the slate, so I'm gonna pass on um Sandoval here. Um Valdez on the other side. He's shown like the ability to pitch really well um at times this season. This is a really tough matchup um when you look at like Trout and Rendon. But overall, like, there's some upside in facing the Angels. Um, I probably won't do it here. We have so many options on the slate. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's Mills that is keeping off of Framber. Um, it's that simple. They're around the same price range. Again, I'll have to rethink it if ownership goes one way. But it's a tough matchup. Not a ton of strikeouts in there. A few very good bets in the lineup. They have a 4.3 implied run total. He's a good play, just I drastically prefer Mills, so that's why I'm not going with him. I'm not going to talk you off of him. He's been pitching great. He gets up over 100 pitches fairly often here. He has good K stuff. It's just not the highest K matchup in the world. So if Mills is going to be chalky, which, again, I'm not expecting him to because of the other options we have, then he's definitely a decent pivot going up against this Angels team. doesn't strike out a lot, but he's definitely got the talent to do some damage. Um, any interest in the Angels' bats here? Trout, Rendon. Um, outside of that, like, not a whole lot. Because even Houston has a good bullpen. Like I said, Valdez has been good this season. So probably not going to go with too many Angels' bats outside of the two top ones. Um, on the Astros side of things, you know, they're expensive. They're, they're super expensive. It's going to be kind of hard to make a stack work, but, uh, we do have some options, um, at pitcher that are cheaper. Um, I will say like if Taylor Jones cracks the lineup at 2.4 K at first base, um, you know, that will obviously make it a little bit easier, um, to stack this team. Like, Miles Straw's been playing a little bit too. Um, like, if these guys crack the lineup, it's way too easy to stack Houston. 
Patrick Sandoval is just not going to strike anybody out, uh, especially the righties. You know, comes in with a 7% K rate against righties on the season, gives up uh, a lot of hard contact. I like Houston. Like I said, they're my favorite stack on the slate. It's just making them work. And don't be afraid to play the lefties here, Grant. Like, Sandoval gives up a lot of fly balls and a lot of hard contact to lefties, too. Yeah, yeah, no, right. I agree with you here. Like, just from a raw points perspective, Houston's probably the top stack on the entire slate. I'm not sure what their ownership is going to be, especially it all depends on who's going to be cracking the lineup, and that'll kind of determine how easy it is to stack. But Springer, Altuve, Correa, all fantastic plays. Not too expensive than Brantley if he's in the lineup there, 3.5K, even a lefty-lefty. Not the worst idea in the world, but, yeah, this stack going up against Sandoval gives up a lot of hard contact to both sides of the plate, has since he's gotten into the league. He actually has a 300 ISO and a smaller sample size going up against lefties. So I don't mind any of these bats here. No one really strikes out a whole lot. So I, I this is just a great, great stack today. All right, moving on. We got the the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Ryan Castellini against Merrill Kelly. Um, any interest here in Castellini? Nope. Yeah, I'm gonna probably pass him too. We really haven't got to see him outside of cores yet. He's he's started three times, and two of those starts have been in cores. Um. They don't have the roof information up. I was looking a few minutes ago to see if they had that up yet, but they don't have it up yet. Um, so um, Merrill Kelly on the other side, you know, finally came back to um, planet Earth a little bit in his last start against Oakland. Um, do you have any interest in him? No. I mean, he's not the worst idea in the world, but I've gone Lance Lynn 99 out of 100 times over Kelly in this spot. So I zero interest in Kelly for me. I mean, yes. Rockies are away from cores, but I I don't care. I'm not using any Kelly. This is a this is one of those games that I'll probably try to get bats from both sides of the the, the plate. Like like when you're looking at the pitching on the slate, like yeah, Kelly can beat you. Um, but like he he gives up a ton of hard contact and like Story is still hitting the ball really really hard. McMahon Mc um Manon, he's hitting the ball hard. Arenado's hitting the ball hard. Like, there, there's plenty of bats here in the Rockies that you can look at. Yeah, I mean, the problem is Blackman and Arenado and Story are all over 5K. Like, if the roof's going to be – or if the dome's going to be open, then that would definitely change things. Um, but if the roof is closed, I have zero interest in the Rockies. Yeah, I like the Arizona side way more here. Like, they're the side we're, we're targeting. Um like I said, we really haven't seen a lot um, from this young pitcher yet, you know, but everything that we've seen so far is you've given up a ton of hard contact to both sides of the plate. Like, Arizona has not been great to start the season, but, like, Cole Calhoun, 3,900, I, I feel like he's, like, a top play on the slate at that price. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely like the uh, – what's it called? The uh, Arizona Bats. Like, they have been – they are going to probably crush here. The weirdest thing, though – Rockies, you know what their uh, road ERA is? Is it low? 2.16 that starters and reliefs, but their XFIP is 4.5. Like a lot of people see how players or people have got teams have gone against the Rockies on the road and might second think things. I don't think that's like clearly the advanced numbers say something entirely different. Arizona bats are too cheap outside of Marte and Marte, um, but Peralta. Walker, if he's in the lineup, Escobar, Calhoun, love all of them. Castillo, and he is not a good pitcher. He probably will not be a good pitcher. He was not a good pitcher in the minors. He's going to get blown up here, and I get that the Rockies 
Stars and bullpen have been great so far this season, but it's not going to keep up. I love the Arizona bats. I like them more than Houston. I think when you consider ownership and keep an eye out on if the dome is going to be open and it's not the worst idea in the world to kind of swap over some of your Houston bats over to Rockies and Diamondbacks bats. If we don't get news about the dome till later in the day. Yeah. Like obviously that'd be something that we're just going to pay attention to. They've been, like, knock on wood, they've been really good um, about putting that info out this season. So that means it probably won't get put out early enough today because I said that. Um, yeah, let's play the morning grind game, and um, then we'll get out of here. Give me a guy under 8K to get uh, six or more strikeouts on this slate. I'm going Mills. All right, I'm going to go Lazardo. Give me a guy over 8K to score under 15. In the – Right answer is probably Kelly or Savelle or Kelly or Flaherty, but I'm going to go Savelle. All right. I'm going to go Flaherty, pitch count, and all that stuff. Um, I feel like he has a pretty low. Taking the easy one. I did. You're right. <laughs> um, over 4K to hit a home run. Who do you got? Uh, I'm going to go Castellanos. I'm going to go with um, his counterpart, um, Suarez. Uh, under 4K to get two hits. Davidson, who's going to hit two bombs. That would be very nice. Uh, I'm going to go with Cole Calhoun. I already talked about how much I like him on the slate. Uh, give me a stack to score six or more runs. Reds. All right. I'll go Arizona. Um, man, that's quick. Easy. That, I think that's the fastest we played the morning grind game all year. Um, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Check out ownership tomorrow when it comes to pitching because that's going to be a large determining factor on who you play. Uh, let's see. My let's see. My thoughts are when you have an ad read, make sure you read it before you um, do it. Um, on that note, we're going to get out of here. It's Sunday night, and I uh, hope everyone had an awesome weekend. We'll be back Tuesday talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then.